Praise the Lord, church. We're so thankful to have everyone here tonight at our Thursday night throwback broadcast. Amen. And we're so excited to have a message from Bishop Myers from nine years ago. And we're just so blessed by the ministry of our bishop, powerful preacher and teacher of the Word of God. And we just want you to take in the Word of God tonight as our bishop brings forth the Word. God bless you. There are, uh, there's a wonderful move of God going on in this congregation. As you well know, I've been around for 40 years. This past August, my wife and I celebrated our 40th, 40 years of being here. We're in our 41st year. That's right. Amen. Praise the Lord. As your pastor and then as the bishop. And then, of course, uh, and we're enjoying it as never before. And I just want to say this, that I, I don't think I've ever seen a time when it seemed like God was wanting to do a work and move like I am seeing that manifested here of late. It seems like God is wanting to move in this church. He's wanting to use this congregation. He is wanting to bring us a little higher. We have had a double confirmation to that this past Sunday. Uh, I think it was Sunday, was it Sunday morning or Sunday night, in which Brother Herring preached. And then we had the message in tongues interpretation that followed. And it was right, right to the letter, giving uh, consension to, to what was just said in the message. Confirmation was established. And we heard actually from God twice. We heard from him twice. One, when the word came forth from the preacher. And then when it came forth again in tongues interpretation. And the Lord was saying to us, he wants us to go up a little higher. Praise the Lord. And that's a very encouraging thing. It's wonderful when God begins to move. And when he moves in a congregation and we start seeing the Lord wanting us to advance, to grow, because he wants to do something in our midst. He wants to do something. We had a, a, a situation in our church, I don't know, it's been 20 some odd years ago, which we started having messages and tongues, interpretations along the way. They were just sort of scattered within probably over a period of several weeks in which the Lord said, I am going to do, do many miracles. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a great work in this church. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to heal many individuals. Well, we kept on going and everybody was praying and we were waiting, you know. And uh, and then all of a sudden there was a message that came forth that time is here. I'm going to do the work that I have said that I'm going to do. And then all of the revival schedule and that evangelist started preaching and he started preaching. He didn't know anything about what was going on in the church, but he started preaching about the presence and the power of God and about what God is was wanting to do in that church and the healings and so forth. And folks, we started having people get healed right and left. I mean, this one would be healed. It was almost like it was like, uh, okay, you know, you know, it's like it's no big deal, you know. I mean, we could believe God. It seemed like for anything and everything. And God, it was like a period of about two weeks or three weeks. We just saw healings after healings after healings uh, in the church that took place. And... Uh, I knew one lady that was fixing to be, the doctor told her, says, you stand the pain as long as you can, then you've got to go in that wheelchair. You'll never get out of it, but stand the pain as long as you can. But once you go in the wheelchair, you'll never come out. That lady still to this day is, is not in the wheelchair. God touched her and healed her. Praise the Lord. And she, she just never went there. Praise the Lord. 
So I want to talk to you a little bit here tonight because I honestly believe that God wants to take us to a higher plane and to a higher level. And for that to happen, I believe that there are some conditions that we have to meet, some things we have to do, some attitudes we have to have right. And if we will have that and if we will do those things, I believe that God will do a great work. And let me say this, God is wanting to do it in the last days. I believe that God wants to do a mighty work in these last days all over this world. I believe he wants to do it in every continent, every country in the world. I believe he wants to do it all over this country. I believe he wants to do it all over the state. I believe he wants to do it all over the city. And uh, that's where I think God wants to use us here that we might be used of God for the glory of God. I honestly believe that there are many people out there, out there in that world, that are looking, that are hungry, that are searching in their hearts, they're longing. They may not act like it. They may not look like it. They may not give you the appearance that they are. But down in their heart, they are hungry. Many of them are scared. You can look around you and see conditions in the world. Many of them are worried about the future. Many of them can see the handwriting on the wall. They know enough about the word that they know that something's coming down the pike. And uh, they just want to know what church to go to, where I should go, how I should get saved, what does the Lord want me to do. And uh, in their hearts, they're thinking all these things. And they're hearing many voices, many voices, you know, that saying, this is the way to go, that's the way to go. And yet God has the mighty truth, praise the Lord. And he wants those people to come to him and be saved. I, ha- I read in the book of Acts there in uh, one place where uh, Paul uh, and Silas were in, uh, I think it was uh, Corinth. They were preaching in Corinth. They had been preaching there and some people had gotten saved. And after some time, the Lord spoke to Paul and said, I have many people in this city. Think about it. I have many people. They weren't saved yet, but the Lord knew their hearts. He said, I have many people in this city begin to speak very boldly of, of me and my name and begin to present it without any hesitation. And Paul had been careful not to get the Jews all stirred up because he'd gone through some of those things before. And so he was sort of uh, preaching the gospel in sort of a low-keyed manner. And uh, so from that point on, though, he began to really preach the, preach the gospel. And the Lord gave them a, a great church, a mighty church, was raised up there in that city of Corinth, which we know today has been First and Second Corinthians. And uh, we write, there's two letters that were written to them. So I'm telling you these things so that you understand here that there are many things that are going on and many things that are happening. Now, let me say this. God wants us to be blessed of him. There is nothing that God cannot do. He wants to give his people blessings. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless us. Many of you need a blessing. Many of you need some kind of blessing from the Lord. It may be financial. It may be a financial blessing. It may be uh, it may be a, a blessing in your home. Uh, it, it just may be a spiritual blessing. It may be a healing need that you have. But you need something from the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so I want to try to help you here today to know a little bit about what God wants us to do, what we should do, how we should approach the throne of grace in order to receive the blessings that God has, praise the Lord, for his people in store. And he wants you and I to have those blessings upon us. Let me say one thing here to you. And that is this. Uh, 
If you have the blessings of God upon you, my friend, you will be blessed of the Lord in a lot of different ways. But God's blessings upon us, and I'm going to speak to us all here tonight individually. God's blessings on us as individuals, praise the Lord, is something that if we have that upon us, it comes in every kind of a way. It, it, it can be financial. It can be. Uh, it can just be spiritual. It can be uh, the health things. It can be family situations. It can be seeing prayers answered. But the blessings of God is a wonderful thing to have upon us. And uh, whatever I have to do to have those blessings, I want to do it. Whatever I have to measure up to, whatever God wants me to do, I want to do it that I might have that blessing of God upon my life. And you want the very same thing in your life. Praise the Lord. But God can do anything. Let me just say this about uh, the financial blessings. People work hard in different parts of this world. They will work 16 and 18 hours a day just to make enough money to put a little food on the table. There are millions of people that's like that. I mean, it's not how hard you work. It's not how how hard you go at it that's going to determine your prosperity. If you think that's the way it is, you, you can work hard all your life. And just have just enough to just maybe a little bit, you know, in the bank and so forth and at the end of the road. And that's about it. But if we ever come to the realization that God gives it, that God is the one that gives it. Then when I go to this word, I can trust the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, There's a scripture over in Malachi. I know this is all about tithes and this is not really my subject. But let me just throw it out for what it's worth here. The Bible says that we should pay tithes. You know, that's 10%. And we all, I think we all know that. But if we would say, I'm going to pay my tithes to the house of the Lord. God has guaranteed in his word in the book of Malachi. That if a person would do that, he will bless that individual. He said, I will pour out blessings upon you that you will not be able to contain. That means God is just going to pour blessings out upon us, praise the Lord, if I obey that word. Now I can say to myself, I'm not going to obey the word. I've got a different idea about it. I've got a different opinion. I'm going to go a different direction. Uh, Maybe we don't believe it. and That's unbelief, and I'll talk to you about that in a moment. But uh, we can have unbelief in our heart where I don't believe that's going to happen. And if we have unbelief and we don't believe it, or we have disobedience, or we and we say, no, I'm not going to do it because I, I'm just not going to do it. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, and that's fine, you know. And whether an individual in this congregation paid tithes or not, it doesn't affect. It doesn't affect anything. I mean, you know, the bills are still going to be paid. The lights are still going to be on. The heat or the air conditioning is still going to be there. You know, it's going to go fine. But it's what it does for you and me as individuals. Because you can work and work and work and scrimp and save. And the old fellow said, get all you can and can all you get. And just try to get it and store it up and hoard it up. But my friend, if you don't have the blessings of God upon you, uh, it's a dead-end street. But when you have the blessings of God, God upon you. 
praise the Lord, and you've got those blessings upon you, I want you to know, praise the Lord, that God will just drop a little here, there. It's like he said to Boaz, Boaz said to his men whenever Ruth was gleaning in his field, he said, drop a little bit on, of handfuls on purpose here and there. Praise the Lord. I, I, she, she's one of ours, and just drop a little handful on purpose. Hallelujah. And God begins to drop a little handful on purpose for here, for us here and there. And I'm just trying to tell you here, if you ever can get on God's side, and we get God on our side, I'm talking about it as individuals now, and we get God on our side individually, and God is in my camp, and God, uh, I'm in his favor, and he, he wants to bless me. My friend, God will bless you. Oh, I know you won't, you know, you're not going to be, uh, you know, some billionaire. You're not going to be, you know, even though I've known some Pentecostal millionaires, and, 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 God, and I think we probably have a few even in this church. But I'm just saying here, that may not be the course you go, but I'm just saying you'll never want for anything. God will always take care of us. And so I want to talk to you here about this going a little higher. Going a little higher, praise the Lord. And making sure that we lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us that we may run this race with patience. Praise the Lord. Now, let me uh, have you go with me to Mark chapter 2 and verse 4. This is, uh, this is sort of the inspiration of my thoughts, so I'm going to use it here. It's, I'm taking it a little bit out of setting here, but this is Mark chapter 2 and verse 4. And in this incident, this is where, uh, where there was a man who was, they had paused, it was on a bed, and they brought him to see Jesus. And when they brought him to Jesus, Jesus was in a house. And when they got to the house, there were so many people in the house and outside the house that these men could not get to Jesus. They just couldn't do it. In other words, the, the humanity around him was so many until here was a man who had a need and he had four friends that were with him who had brought him on a bed and he had a need and he wanted to get to Jesus, but there was no way he could because, as the Bible called it, the press. That is the pressing of the people, the large number of people. They couldn't get past that. It, it was almost like it just could not happen. <clears throat> Now, there are human factors that are in all of our lives. There are individuals that will almost stand in our way of getting close to the Lord if you allow it. I'm talking about people right now. I'm talking about individuals. There are some people that you can be around and they will be a blessing to you. There are some people you can be around and they will get you in the wrong frame of mind, the wrong attitude, the wrong spirit. They, they just have a way of just sowing something that makes you get further from the Lord and keeps you from getting to the Lord. They may not have the need you have, but you have a need. And you want to get close to God. So in getting close to God... I want to just say this. Make sure you pick your friends good. Let me say something about conversations. There is one conversation. This is people, you know, we get together, we talk. There's one conversation that is just sort of a general conversation. We talk about, you know, events. There is another conversation where that people talk about other people. Other people. 
my wife and I were in a restaurant one time. There's a whole bunch of ladies sitting around a table, and they were all just talking, chatting away, and my wife and I were talking. My wife is one of those persons that can hold a conversation and hear everything else going around just about. You know, you met some of those kind of people. Richard Jenkins, you're one of them, too, I remember. He is. I mean, that's, they're, they're bored on genius, I guess, with that. But... Uh, <clears throat> And some of you others are too. You're just you're smart. But anyhow, she she was we were talking and you know and having a conversation and everything. And uh, then I saw her one time and a little smile come over her face and her eyes. I knew where she looking at me, but she wasn't. You know. And I said, "Uh oh, something going on in your head. What's going on?" She said, "I'm hearing this conversation over here behind me." She had a little smile on her face. I said, "What's uh, what's unusual about it?" She says, it, "The one word that I'm hearing more than any other word." in that conversation is she <laughs> she she this she that she this she that everyone was a she 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 they were they were really throwing somebody around can i just say this that sometimes when you get around some people all they want to talk about is other people amen and can i just say this that if you really praise the lord want to get away from that kind of an environment the third one i didn't mention that but one's events one is talking about other people and the other of course is talking about God or about his word or the spiritual things. That's the highest one. The highest one is that, talking about God. The second highest one is is uh, is advanced and so forth. And the lowest one is just talking about just gossip. Now let me just say this. If, if you know somebody or you like somebody and all they want to talk about is other people gossip and run somebody down, tear somebody down, talk about them. Oh, I know this. I know that. I know what's going on. I know that. And all they do is gossip. See if you can find a better friend than that because somehow or another that will get in your spirit and that'll sort of rub off on you. I'm just, I'm just being Bishop Myers here tonight. Those things will rub off on you and, and whenever you want to get close to God, you've got all of these things to deal with. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, we're all sinners saved by grace. We all know that. Praise the Lord. And But we are God's people. And uh, let me just say this. Love God's people with all of your heart. When Balaam tried to curse the people of God, he got in trouble with God. Because God has put a blessing on his people. And we all have a blessing upon us. Praise the Lord. So there is a blessing on us. When somebody begins to gossip and tear down somebody, it borders on trying to destroy them or or bring a curse upon them and you can't do that and when you see that kind of an element or that kind of a spirit with an individual you just say you know what I think I can pick a different friend than somebody that's always going to be talking about something somebody else whenever I get around them well I said that for free that's that's all for free for you but I'm just saying here there are there are people that will keep us from getting to Jesus and you don't want that to happen in your life praise the lord it could be multiple things it can and so forth and their attitude or their spirit can rub off on you and the next thing you know the things that would keep you from getting to the, the people that would keep you from getting to them well that spirit or attitude or that uh that that way that the way they think will keep you from getting to the lord instead of praying you won't pray when you try to pray you can't pray and you find yourself just not there and you say i don't know what's wrong with me and so forth let me say a word to you here today the bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god 
If you really want to start getting close to God, go to church every time. Now, you you folks are some of the most faithful. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. Amen. Now, Sunday, we got the church full. Wednesday night is a little bit less, you know, and everything. Where are the folks that were here on Sunday morning? They're the ones I should be talking to in this. But can I just tell you here today, just make it a point I'm going to be in church every time I can because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can we hear lest I be a preacher? And how can he preach lest he be sent? Of course, we know the word there. But, but we want to have more faith. And when your faith is increased, you can believe God and that spirit of unbelief leaves us. The spirit of unbelief. Well, this man came to this uh, position here, and I'm going to read this verse of scripture here in verse 4. This is 2-4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed therein, where, wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And then whenever he came down, and I won't read the rest of it, but just tell you what it says. When they let him down, uh, he before Jesus, the Lord not only healed him, but he also forgave him his sins. And the reason he forgave him his sins is because there were those who were in the press. The people that were there were not all always there to hear Jesus and follow Jesus. They were there to be critical. Now, everybody, praise the Lord, that may go to church or everybody that says, I want to just be, I want to know more about what's going on about God and the move of God may not be interested in serving God or living for the Lord. Amen. So you have to get past that and you've got to say, I want to get to Jesus. I'm assuming here everybody in this church here is in that nature. We want to get to Jesus. Praise the Lord. But everybody that goes to church is not always there to receive what they need to receive from God. Praise the Lord. And so when you come to the house of God, you've got to say, Lord, I want to receive what you have for me. If we will come into the house of God and say, Jesus, I want you to bless me in this service. Every service we go to, you know, don't go to church and sit down and and uh, and balance your checkbook or do all the texting on your phone or or, uh, or or start, you know, doing other stuff or trying to make a grocery list or whatever people maybe sometimes do. Just say, I've come to the house of God to praise God. I have come to worship the Lord. I don't care what the guy over here does. I don't care what the guy over here does. I am going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship God and glorify the Lord. And I'll guarantee you, if we will begin to do that, folks, we will begin to see a move of God and the presence of the Lord. But some people, you know, they come and they're sort of, they're going to watch and they're going to look and they're going to study, you know. And sometimes some couple of people, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, <laughs> you know, maybe young people can get in this easy. They have to watch that. You know, they themselves have to be careful of that. Amen. You don't want to do none of that. You want to say, Jesus, I'm here to worship you. I don't know about the other person, but I'm here to glorify you and to lift up the name of Jesus because we only come to church just so many times a week. And the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we have to have that word, praise the Lord, taught and preached to us that we might have the faith, praise the Lord, that we can believe in God and trust in the Lord. Now, 
I want to talk to you a moment here about this human press and how that it could cause an individual not to be able to get to Jesus. Now this man pressed through. He got to the roof. He didn't do it himself, but friends got him through. He got in down in before Jesus and Jesus saw those men around who were who were uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and who did not believe him. There was unbelief present. I'm going to talk to you about the unbelief factor here in a moment. The Lord can work in the midst of unbelief. But there's a situation here I'm going to point out to you in a moment where the Lord could not work in unbelief. And what was the difference? But there was unbelief here, and Jesus saw that. And so he said, look at this man and his condition. Why is this man like he is? And somebody says, oh, because it's his father's or mother's sins, and that's why he's the way he is. And he says, no. He said, it's the, but that the power and the glory of God might be manifest. He says, is it greater to heal or to forgive sins? And those Sadducees says, well, it's greater to forgive sins because only God can forgive sins. Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee, take up thy bed and walk. Now he identified himself right there as God. And whenever he did, they would blasphemy, blasphemy, because they did not believe he was almighty God. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. That was unbelief there. But yet Jesus worked in their midst. There can be unbelievers in our midst, but that will not stop God from working. And yet there's a scripture that tells us that, I think it's in Matthew, where that uh, he went to, he went to the city of, uh, of, uh, of, of Nazareth. And Nazareth is where he grew up at. And when he was in Nazareth, the Bible said he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, how is it that he could do no work in Nazareth because of their unbelief? Where here in the midst of these these Pharisees and Sadducees, not the midst of them, but some of them were there, that he still worked. In Nazareth, the whole city rejected him. He could do no mighty works there for them. He could do nothing for them because of the unbelief from them. In other words, they didn't believe he could or that he would or he was able to or he was who he was. They just simply did not believe he was the Christ. And so the the spirit of unbelief that they had toward him, praise the Lord, kept him from doing anything in the city for them. Praise the Lord. If they had just been part of people who believed, he could have worked with all of those that believed and those who believed not would receive nothing. But the whole city was, was unbelievers. The whole city. Nobody believed. And because they wouldn't believe, amen, the Lord could do nothing because they simply cannot believe. And so believing God is very essential for the Lord to work and the Lord to move. And we have to say, God, I know you can do anything. Praise the Lord. It's not a mind over matter thing. We're not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about Jesus Christ doing the work. It's not me doing it. It's not you doing it because I can believe and I can do it by just me believing. No, no. I believe it's my response to what God can do. And God can heal. 
There's nothing God can't do. Praise the Lord. I've seen enough healing in my lifetime to know without a shadow of a doubt, God heals. Some of you have needs for healing. Praise the Lord. And, and God wants to do the work. But we've got to first of all be able to believe the Lord that he, he will and he can. I prayed for a woman one time that was in a wheelchair. She had a brain tumor. I prayed for other people that had brain tumors. No healing happened. I don't know why it happened with this lady. I don't know all the answers. I don't think anybody does. They say the younger the preacher is, the more answers he can have. (laughs) The older you get, the less answers you've got. Praise the Lord. I just know that God does. I've seen it happen. I've seen times when it did not happen. And, uh, and, and God just works in mysterious ways. But I, I know that he does. I know he has. I go, know God will. Praise the Lord. And I remember this woman in a wheelchair. Gaines, she was at Shane's Hospital in Gainesville. The doctor sent her home to die. They said, go home. She said, they said, you know, we can't do anything for you. You've got to have surgery. She said, I don't have surgery. Uh, and, and they said, we, nothing we can do for you. You have to go home. And, uh, and that's, that'll be the end of it. She was in a wheelchair, paralyzed on her left-hand side. And they will forget it. She called me up. I went to her house. She was a backslider, a backslider. She went, went to her house, and there she was in the wheelchair. I prayed for her, and she cried, and I worshiped God, and she worshiped God. And, and uh, she had one hand, one side of her, I think her left side, her whole left side was paralyzed. And she'd raise her right hand and she couldn't, you know, she just couldn't even lift this hand or nothing. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just moved on me. And I just looked at her and her name was Register. I said, Mrs. Register. I didn't call her sister because she wasn't saved. She was a backslider. Had been backslid for, for several years and everything. And she was just crying and crying and crying. I said, Mrs. Register, I said, if God heals you, will you serve him? Now, that's a very interesting question to ask somebody. If God heals you, will you serve him? They put it's on the line. You see, some people are not really ready to be healed because they're not ready to serve God. They want to be healed, and then they want to go back out and do something else. I had a lady one time, she was an alcoholic, and she wanted to be healed of alcohol. And I was teaching a home Bible study to her and her husband. And uh, and she says, I would like to be healed of alcohol. I said, God can heal you that. He can take all that desire away and everything. I said, if he does, will you never touch it again? Well, she said, I'm not going to promise that. Oh, I'm not going to promise that. I said, if he takes away the desire... She said, well, I mean, I may want to go to parties and I may want to drink a little bit and everything. And I said, well, God won't do it like that. You've got to do it his way. Do you really want all that taken away? The last time I heard she died of cirrhosis of the liver. I'm serious. And I'm telling you, people have that opportunity, but they want to they, they have it all done in their way. We have got to say, God, not my way, but thy will. Your way, praise the Lord, whatever it is, so that I can surrender my will totally to the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, so this woman, I... Uh, I said to her, Mrs. Register, I said, if God heals you, I said, will you serve him? And she said, oh, yes, Brother Myers, I will. I knew when she said it, it came from her heart. I was just reading an article in the Pentecostal Herald. I don't know how many of you got a copy or if you get a copy of it, but the Pentecostal Herald, an article written by Sister Shirley Welch in Pensacola. Uh, She is Bishop Welch, but Paul Welch is the bishop there. And... uh, 
she is uh, she's his wife, and uh, they brother Kenzie is a pastor there, just like your pastor is Pastor David here, and uh, brother Kenzie is the pastor there. But these people here decided that they were going to go out and go to this bar, and they were going to go into this bar and preach the gospel, and they did it, and they sang songs, and they got half the bar to come to church the next day, and so I mean it, it was a great success. But she told this, she told the testimony of her own father who had been an alcoholic had been a rough scrapping fighting guy and then and, and i knew joe lane his name was joe lane and i knew him he's pastor montgomery he he, he he was well known by the governors and, and so forth in alabama he was well known in alabama and uh, this guy when he was a young man uh, became very sick and he went with his brothers to a pentecostal meeting to make fun of it and when he got there, he got under conviction. <laughs> and so he went to the altar and his brother said, what's going on here? We're supposed to be making fun of this. You're going down the altar and you're making, you know, what's going on? They were, they didn't know what was happening to their brother. There's four of them, four brothers and from a big family. And so he came down the altar and he started praying and everything. And the, the preacher, the pastor, the, the minister said, you know, I'm going to pray for you. And if you've got any ailments, God will heal them. And he looked at him and he said, says, yes, I do have an ailment. I need a healing touch from God. He was in bad shape. And uh, the guy said to him, the same thing I said to this lady. He said that he looked at him and said to him, if God heals you, will you serve him? And Joe Lane said, he had to think about it for a minute. Wait a minute. That's going to be a life changing experience. That means I got to give up all this stuff I'm doing out here in the world. Do I really mean it? I can say yes, but God knows the truth, you know. And so he thought for a moment and he said, I don't want to live like I'm living like this, hurting into my body and sick. And then I don't know how long I'm going to live like this. So he says, yes, if God heals me, I will, I will serve him. And that preacher laid hands on him and instantly he was healed. The same thing happened with this lady. Praise the Lord. I'd never heard that story, but I said the very same words. It just came on me. I said, if God heals you, will you live for him? And that woman said, yes. And I laid hands on her and prayed for her again. I just prayed for her. But I laid hands on her and prayed for her again. And she came up out of that wheelchair and started shouting around in that room and dancing around and waving her hands and never went back to that wheelchair ever again. Amen. She got up and cooked supper for her husband. Her husband walked in, saw her, dinner on the table, her walking around. He liked to passed out. Big old strong paper mill working guy. And, 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 and here's his wife, you know. And that night she drove to church. I mean, was paralyzed on one side. Drove to the drove, drove to church because we had church on a Wednesday night. I'm telling you, folks, God can do those things. Praise the Lord. God can do those things. My wife and I were, were holding a revival in Crawfordsville, Indiana. The pastor's name was Wright. Brother Wright. His wife had just died of cancer and he had been devastated by it. And he had prayed for a lot of people and a lot of people had been healed, but his wife had not been healed. And he was devastated by it. We went there and we preached and we had a good revival. He was very kind to us and we just had a, you know, we had a good going revival. And then one night, one day I said to him, I said, Brother Wright, let's have a, a healing service. And he said, well, okay, we can have it. But I could tell his faith just wasn't quite there. And then he said, yeah, we can, we can do that. Sure. I said, we'll announce it. And this coming Friday, we'll have a healing. And sure enough, boy, Friday came and we'd announced it as a small town in Indiana. 
Indiana, Crawfordsville, if anybody knows where it is. And, and the people... Then the people, uh, they, they came in and they filled up the place and they were outside and, and everything, you know, and we had a line, we brought them up. And I never will forget this little 12-year-old blind boy. His granddad brought him and said, I wanted to get him prayed for because he can't see. And we laid hands on that boy and just prayed for him. And there was a picture up here. There was a baptistry with a picture behind that baptistry of Jesus. Jesus holding a, a lamb in his arm, you know, and there was lambs all around him and he was carrying one in his arm and everything. And, uh, and that little boy, while I had my eyes closed and I was praying for him and the other pastor was praying for him and we were just calling on the Lord and church was praying. All of a sudden I felt that boy going up and down like that, jumping up and down. He said, I see that picture. I see that picture and begin to jump all over the place and run all over the Hallelujah. And I want you to know it turned that place upside down. I'm telling you, folks, God can do those things. God wants to do it. He wants to use this church. He wants to do some healing in this church. But can we believe the Lord? Will we believe the Lord? Hallelujah. Will we believe it enough? We'll lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us and run this race with patience that we might have, praise the Lord, the power of God in our midst. God wants to do it. He wants to use this church in a way he's never used it before. But I want you to know we just can't just be one foot in the world and one foot in God. We've got to be 100% for the Lord. There's a scripture that says, love not the world. This is 1 John 2, 15 and 16, if you want to put it on the screen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Not in him. But for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. How much do we love the world? How much do you love those old things out there? I know we have, we're in the world. You know, the ship of Zion that is in the sea, but don't let the sea get in the ship. Praise the Lord. The ship is in the sea, but don't let the sea get in the ship. Amen. We're in the world, but we can't let the world get in the church. Hallelujah. We've got to say, praise the Lord. We're going to walk with you, Jesus. And we're going to get close to you, Lord, that we might affect the world that we are in. That we can help people come to God and be saved. Praise the Lord. And God wants to do it. He wants to do it. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. What God can do. What God wants to do. Amen. It's, 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 a, it's a powerful thing. But we ourselves have to be committed to the Lord 100%. I remember we had a brother in our church that used to pray for the Holy Ghost. He'd come down the altar and pray and pray and pray and pray. And uh, he just never get, did get the Holy Ghost. I, I'd get a little frustrated. I mean, myself, I wanted to see him. He's a good man. I wanted to see him get the Holy Ghost. Your pastor was out, out west preaching revivals, and he was always a good evangelist. And uh, I couldn't hardly get him back home. 
And uh, I told him, I said, come on back. I said, I want you to come on back and hold us a meeting here. And so finally he worked it in his schedule. <laughs> he got it back home, praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, when he came back, we had, you know, good service. He preached and this brother came down the altar like he always did. And um, and uh, David was just wired and fired. I mean, he was, he was red hot. Amen. And he went over there and he prayed for that man. He said, we're going to get the Holy Ghost. You know what the Holy Ghost is? Yes. So he said, I'm going to pray for you. And he looked the man right in the eye, the brother. He said, now, do you want the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. He says, when? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a no-brainer to me. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, sure, he wants the Holy Ghost. Yeah, he can say, yeah, right now. He said, when? And the man stopped and he blinked his eyes a little bit. He looked and finally, after a long pause, he said, I want it right now. And I realized that this man wasn't always ready to get it right now. He wasn't quite there yet. And that's why he had never received it. And when he made up his mind, he wanted it right then. David said, all right. And laid hands on that man. And in, and in, in a half a minute, the man was speaking in other tongues and rejoicing, dancing around, glorifying the Lord. Hallelujah. The hands in the air and had received a full baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just because he said, I'm ready to receive it. Praise the Lord. I prayed for a woman one time, want to be healed. And uh, I said, you want to be healed? She said, yes. And I said, when? I thought I would use that. When? <laughs> she said, when my disability runs out. <laughs> now, no, I know that's funny, but I'm, I'm telling you, folks, we have to say, God, we want it now. We want you. We want it. You know, you never know what's going on in a person's heart. You don't know what is there. You know, you don't know what they're battling or what thing that they've got it all worked out in their own head, how they want God to do it for them. And I'm telling you all of this so that you'll understand here that God wants to do great things, but we have got to be focused totally on the Lord. We've got to lay aside every weight, everything. Praise the Lord. That does so easily beset us. You know what that word beset means? It means to fortify against you. That's what armies did when they went against the city. They beset a city. They put through up all of those big machines and they threw those stones and put that army around it and they beset the city. And he said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. What sin is there maybe in your life or was in your life back there someplace that easily besets you? Can I just say this, that we are living in a, we're living in the computer age, you know, and, uh, and people go on the internet and a lot of guys will get in trouble with those things. Can I just say something here and it just, if you make up your mind, I'm not going to get into that stuff. I'm not going to go to some of those places. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at some of that stuff. I, I'm, I'm not going to look stuff on TV. All of those things, folks, beset us. And they fortify them. They fight against us. And if you and I will say, God, I'm going to be red hot for you. I'm going to be on fire. 
there. I'm going to be your child. And I'd like to see the men. Oh, I got so excited when uh, I think it was the pastor that started talking about the men in this church the other day. I got so excited because I know what great guys you are. And I'm telling you the truth. We are the leaders of the community, of your families, of your homes, of the church. And we don't need to be just sort of playing around and sneaking around. And there should be no should be no hidden sins in our lives. But we are to be up front and say, God, I'm an open book. I open my hands and my heart and my soul and my spirit unto you, Lord. And I want you to know, folks, if we will do that, God will begin to work. You might say, oh, Brother Mark, I don't need anything. Everything's going fine. Well, that's right now. Maybe six months from now, it may not be that way. But at the same time, your brother or your sister may be in a place or situation that they desperately need a touch from God. And we need to say, I'm your friend. I'm going to be like one of those four guys that took this man, amen, and took him and put him up, praise the Lord, upon the roof and got him down to Jesus. And we've got to do that for each other. There's times when you can be so sick you, you can't pray. There's times you're just so sick you don't you can't pray. You don't know. There's times you're in so much pain you can't pray. You can't even have the faith because you're feeling the pain. Amen. That's when you need somebody to pray for you. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you folks that prayer is a powerful thing and we need to strengthen each other with prayer. You have a brother or sister that needs prayer. Pray for them. Pray with them. And you don't want to be where, well, I don't know, God may not hear my prayers or I'm, you know, I'm doing some things I shouldn't be. No, 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 no. You want to be red hot yourself just like you came out of a red hot service, a revival service and you're on fire for God all the time and say, let's pray. Praise the Lord. You never know what God's going to do. Hallelujah. People can get the Holy Ghost out there. People can be healed out there. Praise the Lord because God does it. He has done it. He still will do it. Praise the Lord. There's people in this church. Praise the Lord. They're right here in this church today. That one time you were out in that world and you were out in that sin out there and you have been touched by God and were healed of the Lord and you knew God was real and you came to him and you made a commitment to God a long time ago that you were going to walk with God with all of your heart. Don't ever lose that. Hang on to it. It's just as real today because God never changes. We may change. God doesn't change. His church is the same. The word of God is the same. The message is, is the same. The hope is the same. The love of God is the same. Amen. And so therefore, if we should lose something like that, let's say, God, I want to get back close to you. I want to get in the middle of your grace and your love and your goodness and your mercy, Lord. And I want you to pour out a blessing upon me. And I want you to bless my home, bless my family, bless my children. Hallelujah. And let's lay aside everything. You know, there is the sin of the flesh and there's the sin of the spirit. You know, that can be rebellion on the inside. You can have a spirit of rebellion. You can have, the Bible says rebellion is worse than witchcraft. It talks about it. And we can have that 
contentious spirit, always mad at something, always crossed up, always, you know, being a friction everywhere. No, no, no. Let's not be like that. The Bible talks about being kind. It has the, the fruits of the spirit. You, you say you may not have a gift of the spirit, but you can have the fruit of the spirit. You can have all nine of them. I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit. You can have love and you can have kindness and gentleness and patience and all those things that's mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. We can have all those things. And I'm telling you folks, we can have an effect on this world, on this community, on this city around us. We can affect them, praise the Lord. And God will do a work in this church and raise up this church. I'd like to see God use this church that it goes outside these doors, that it affects this state. Praise the Lord. I'd like to see it affect the state of Florida. I'd like to see it, praise the Lord, affect the nation. Amen. I'm serious because God is able. God wants to do it. But what are we waiting on? What are we holding back on? Are we like the guy that says, are you ready to receive the Holy Okay, now, you know, are we, are we really holding back on something? Or the woman that says, I want to make sure that, you know, I get all my, my, uh, my checks coming to me before I finally get healed. I'm okay. And I want to stay just sick long enough I get my check. And then I'm ready to be healed. Are we, are we, are we thinking like that? Or we say, God, we want to do it your way. We want you to use us right now. We want you to pour out your blessings upon us, folks. Folks, let me say this. God wants to do it. Are we willing and are we ready for it? Would you stand with me and let's just worship God? I uh, promised myself I wouldn't keep you too long. But let's just praise God and worship him. Would you lift your hand right now and let's worship the Lord? Jesus, 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 we love you, Lord. Oh, Lord, these are your people. God, we are your people. We are not another. We're not another's, Lord. We belong to you, Jesus. We're bought with the price of Calvary, Lord. You shed your blood. You loved us that much. You shed your blood, Lord, that we might be saved. And, oh, Lord, we're the people of God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to have no taint upon us. Help us, God, not to have any kind of a shadow of anything upon us. Oh, Lord, you said you're going to have a church that's without spot or wrinkle. Oh, Lord, that's the ones you're going to take in the rapture. Help us, God, to get rid of every spot, every wrinkle in our lives. Lord, that we might be everything you want us to be. Help us, God, to be what you want us to be in these last days. We know that you're calling us a higher level. Help us, God, to lay aside every weight, every sin. Help us to press our way to the throne of God. Lord, lay aside every kind of foul spirit and attitude, oh God. Lord, that we might do those things, Jesus, that are pleasing in your eyes. Lord, we want to please you, Lord. We want you to bless us. And we know, God, when you bless God, oh, Lord, it's worth 10,000 efforts on our own on our own part if you bless us you can do it you will in many ways hallelujah praise the lord everyone i want to thank you for joining us here at east wind pentecostal church and we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in jesus name we can do that for you today We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. 
it's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.